literate it's a little above my reading ability (laughs) oh yeah i guess they are true they are very nice pictures you're right i can still get my enjoyment out of it you covered all your bases (laughs) with that one amy hey so uh we are joined today by a person whose shadow i consistently live in being a euphonia player in the state of florida (laughs) gail robertson hey thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us thanks for the invite um so we had to schedule this you're not backstage at a concert this time around right because we were scheduling around something I'm here for real. No, we have as much time as you want. Oh, great. Um, yeah, she was, Amy, you weren't a part of this conversation. She was like, yeah, well, maybe I could go backstage and we could do that then. And I was just like, or <laughs> you could you could be the uh, the badass that you are and just push us around because we really were okay with that too. Um, so how is everybody's end of the semester going? Is everybody else in chaos? How are things One in Central Arkansas? One more day left, just tomorrow only. If you want to make sure, I mean, you're more than welcome to give Ross as hard of a time as humanly possible. Oh, uh, I forgot you had that connection. Yeah, I have juries with just him tomorrow for part of the day, the trumpets and the tubas new for combining. Oh, those are people that you I begged my faculty with. to not have uh, the, the, like you did today. It would be at eight o'clock, I think, until six o'clock tomorrow. And I just said, no, let's divide. <laughs> yeah. It's a fair point. Um, but you're just coming off uh, a big old concert with uh, Battle Creek a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, um, last week was Brass Band of Battle Creek. And then from there, I went to the uh, Holiday Brass Concerts, which is the main fundraiser for Women's Brass Conference. And played some concert, four concerts with Susan Slaughter in St. Louis. So maybe so. we can, can we talk about the Brass Band of Battle Creek? And maybe you can tell us a little bit about that for anyone who's not familiar. Well, the Brass Band of Battle Creek, it's kind of hard to start. Where do you begin with that? <laughs> it was started by uh, two brothers, uh, Jim and Bill Gray, who are podiatrists. And believe it or not, their uncle lived down in South Florida back in the day when I was in high school. My band director was a tubist, and he played in a band down there that was called the Boca Raton Pops Band. It was actually a, play, a, a professional wind band. And uh, I got asked to sub on tuba there, and lo and behold, there was this older gentleman that was there and he had the cloth things on the horn, like where you grab it and everything. And I was so, you know, so, and at this point I was making sort of that transition from tuba to more of euphonium. And uh, so my mom was a sewer. So of course my mom had to drive me these rehearsals because it was Boca Raton, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, long story short, he's their uncle that was the inspiration for the Brass Band of Battle Creek. And uh, because he was a euphonium, he was a postman and he was a euphoniumist and a really great euphonium player. And, you know, through the years, I think he had told the, the, his nephews, you know, Gail Robertson, this Gail Robertson, that blah, blah, blah. Well, finally, you know, they waited, I guess, till I grew up and invited me. And I came out there for a concert years ago. I don't know. I'm going to guess it was like maybe 93 or 94. It was really early on when they were still sort of a community band. And uh, Louise Mononano was in the section. It was a lot of local players. So the band started out as sort of a local band, like a lot of other bands are. 
And then um, one by one, they kind of brought a uh, professional in. And, you know, I think it started with, you know, Woody English was from that area. And so he played and Stephen Mead came in, you know, it was it was it was pretty amazing. I think the Gray Brothers might have played in it in the earlier days. And so, you know, it was sort of, uh, you know, like a half professional, half locals kind of a band. And sadly, you know, one by one, the the sort of locals, you could say, were, um, you know, replaced by professional players and, you know, the band grew and everything. So I don't know, you know, my first time was just a one and done kind of thing. And then it was years later, I got invited back and then I've been a, me a regular member now for, I don't know, I'm going to guess 15 years. It's been a long time. So, and I enjoy, I'm playing the uh, British Baritone uh, and I share the section with Demondre Thurman. I remember. There's worse people to be in a section yeah, with. Right. <laughs> so can you pull the curtain a little bit? What is like, what is like your, okay, so you get scheduled to do a concert. So what does that look like for you, you know, in terms of like travel, when do you get the music, like all that sort of a thing? What's that kind of look like? Um, back in the day, they would mail the music out and you would get a package, you know, and you would open it and practice. Now we'll get a bunch of PDFs of it. And I would say for the concert we just did, which was, you know, last week, we probably got the music back in maybe October, a piece or two at a time. And, you know, a lot of it has been recently been arranged or transcribed, you could say, from like when band rep or whatever it is by Jim Gray, who really is an untrained musician. He's a, a podiatrist, you know, so he does a lot of the charts. So we'll sometimes we'll get a recording like this last time we did something. It was something from maybe the might have been um, like the airman a note or, you know, some kind of piece. So we'll get a sound file of what it is. But most of the time, you know, I don't mess with the sound file. You look at kind of what it is and you just go. So we'll get the music ahead of time. You'll, they fly you in. You know, it's a paid job. Obviously, they pay for our airfare and put us up in the hotel. It's one of the few gigs that you do where you get your own hotel room, which is sometimes nice, which I don't mind sharing with somebody. But, you know, you go back to your room and you want to chill and thing. And if they're going to watch some show with a laugh track, it would drive me nuts. Right. So, <laughs> Yeah, but, I know, you know people get annoyed with me because I like to do backflips between the two beds. And <laughs> I, have, I have to do 50 minimum and it just, you can't sleep with that going on. You just have to wait till I'm done. Yeah, well, there was a time when we flew in on uh, Thursdays and then sometimes you were walking with your suitcase and your horn from the airport into a rehearsal. And uh, they stopped doing that, I'm going to say maybe four or five years ago. Now we actually fly in on Wednesday and you don't have anything. And then the next morning, there's a breakfast that sort of serves as a, you know, a meeting, you could say band meeting. And, you know, we normally break into sectionals, we go and, you know, have sectionals with like the like instruments for like an hour and then come together with full band. So let's say, you know, a typical actually I had a schedule somewhere, but typically it's like 10am breakfast at the Griffin. And then we might start rehearsal at 1230 or something. And then there's built in breaks. And, you know, I think it, might be six hours of playing that first day. I'm going to guess by the time you have the breaks taken out of it. And then the next day, we often do a children's concert where they bust in, I don't know, it was 1,500 elementary school kids. I saw the video. It was amazing. It was yeah, packed. Yeah. And it is so loud. I mean, I hate it when a conductor says hello, and then they go, hello, and they go, hello, and then they scream. Oh, it was so loud. <laughs> But, uh, but, you know, so we do that. It's normally like a 30-minute program. You know, play bits and pieces of stuff, and then there's the introduction of the instrument. So I think I played – I started out with a trill, and then I went into um, Jingle Bells, and I hipped it up or something like that. Joe Alessi said he liked it. But, uh, you know, so we all – you know, we'll do a demonstration of the instruments, 
And then after that, we kind of change our clothes and then um, there's a rehearsal. And then we normally get done a little earlier on the, the Friday because we started earlier. Then there's the, the next day's the gig. Um, there was a time when we did two shows. There was a Friday night concert and there was a Saturday night show. And then, you know, of course, stuff slowed down with COVID, whatever. So now it's just one. But this last concert we have was completely sold out all the way up to the nosebleed section. So there might be a chance that they would open up for two shows to see. I remember that was uh, at the Brass Band of Battle Creek rehearsal during a break is when I auditioned for Steve Mead. <laughs> so oh, cool. Yeah, I remember uh, Steve asking. I was in Columbus, and he, I had my senior recital on like in like early December, and I remember him saying like that following weekend, he was like, I don't know anything about U.S. geography. Is Michigan close and I was like it, he could have been like is California close and I would have been like yes yes it is <laughs> <laughs> so I I drove up and um and he ducked out and showed me a room and then I remember warming up and I was petrified absolutely petrified like what have I gotten myself into I can't believe I'm doing this I'm gonna make a total fool of myself you know I'm doing all these things in my head and I don't know who it was, but a woman ducked her head in and she said, are you here to audition with Steve? And I said, yeah. And she said, you're going to get in. <laughs> and she, and that was the turning point. I have no clue who that woman is, but like that, like switched my mental game completely. Still no clue wow. who, who that person is, but somebody, somebody in that ensemble, I have to thank because... You know, that that made me feel like, oh, okay, well, maybe I can do this. Maybe I'm not insane, you know? Wow. Did, did you get to catch? Uh-oh. We hear you. Oh, looks like something said to launch the meeting right now. Open Zoom. Oh, okay. All right. It went away for a second. <laughs> Um, did you get to hear much of the band or anything or yeah, he gave me, he gave me, uh, free tickets from my dad and me. And, uh, afterwards we went out and got, I got a martini and some shrimp at the bar, uh, that my dad was like, anything you want here, I'll, you know, here. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, went through the audition. So yeah. So yes, sometimes, sometimes we go there and they, you might have two or three lessons, you know, it just depends. Um, you know, sometimes people find out you're there and they want to have a lesson and quite honest with you, it, it's fine when, when, when that happens, but sometimes it's just nice to have a break. Sometimes I go to Brass Band and Battle Creek and it's, it's, a, it's an escape, you know, or I, I could do a lot of Christmas shopping. I try to bring, you know, the bigger suitcase so I can bring home my presents because it was really the first time in the whole semester you've had a break. But now that we're a little busier with, uh, you know, the children's concerts, it's gotten a little busy over the time. I, this past time we were there, I went and I visited um, one of the patrons of the band who's a wonderful euphonium player who's in his 90s now. And I went and drove to Bay City and saw him. So I've, I escaped COVID. You know, some people in the band got COVID this last trip a little oh, bit. Really? And uh, so I didn't do much at the Hanks because I was doing other things. So I'm glad for that. <laughs> yeah, it was like at, uh, at Athena. Athena, like 12 people. Oh, yeah. So it was like Athena was a super spreader. Yeah. Yeah, I escaped yeah. that, though. Yeah, I mean, that was the IWBC that was the spreader, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, it's it's one of those things where you, some people don't have a lot of symptoms, and you might have it, and you don't know. So it can happen. Yep. 
Yeah, the vibes from one day of IWBC to the next day. <laughs> it was like everybody's like happy hugging and all this stuff, and then masks. All, like, <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> then they had that food. They had that that spread out there in the lobby, and I don't know. I we all walked right out the building and didn't have any of it because it was, you know, I get kind of weird with certain things. The tongs, like you know, everyone's doing that. Like, I don't go to a barbie like a, a buffet or anything like that because of all the tongs, you know. So, yeah, I don't know. I saw all that stuff out there, and I said, mm, I think I'll take a zero. I'm sure the undergrads are more than happy to take your, <laughs> your <laughs> yeah. portions. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's, you know, that's actually a, a pretty good segue unintentionally to the other thing you just said you were doing. So you were just doing the the benefit or the, the fundraising concert, right? You said that was in St. Louis? Yeah, Susan Sauter has um, pretty much funded, I would say, Probably all of not. I mean, most of the IWBC is funded through these holiday brass concerts. Uh, Ginger Turner does one in Baltimore, and then Susan does. There's, I think, two a day when we played in St. Louis, and um, you know, it's pretty neat. You know, you you get there, and she is super, super, like me, OCD. Got the list of what's going on. I mean, the sheet is. I have it somewhere here in the office, but it says what you're playing, where your location is, and you might be in the balcony for the first piece. And then there's something else that happens and you have to end up over there or you're down on the stage. And so all while the concert's going on, people finish, there's a short clap and then you go somewhere else. Have you done one of those, Amy? Have you done one? No, I haven't. I've, I've just... The one in Baltimore is pretty cool. But, you know, I mean, that's a really huge church there. And I remember Stacy Baker and I had done that. I think this was when I was president of IWC, I had done it. And so they invited me as a guest. But um, we couldn't get back quick enough. And the piece started, and so we were like behind. So we sat there. Is since it's in that church, it's one of those a pulpit or whatever it was. Yeah. So we sat. And it was one of those really big ones. You went upstairs, and then you did the speech in front, of like the lectern up there. We sat in there, and then someone just conducted from the side, so we could see it because we couldn't see. And we were playing the tube, and you funny was coming from that thing. <laughs> I should be like, I should be like IWBC. Are you are you listening? I have not done that performance yet. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's a tricky thing. She likes to, you know, I think both of them like to bring sort of local people. I, uh, I kind of got in on it. I got in on it. Well, um, but you know what I mean? It's a matter of asking, but you know, we were at one of the IWCs, we're playing a monarch one time and I had written while I was on the plane, a quintet version of, I think it was, um, Angels we've heard on high because it's Angie Hunter and Velvet Brown, Stacey Baker, myself, and um, Jan Duca. And so we were just reading it at one of the breaks, and Susan really liked it. She says, Why well, should have y'all come in and be the featured group? So that's the first time I did it, was when I had written that arrangement of that piece. But this last time, um, I was just coming back from Brass Band about a creek, and she was looking for some conductors and didn't really necessarily need a euphonium player. So I played British Brass Band Baritone in there. <laughs> she didn't know what it was. I had to send her pictures of it, but it really worked great because some of the music they play in that is borrowed from brass band rep that it's kind of downsized from. So there was actually euphonium parts in baritone one and two parts. So, but it's a fun hang there. You never know who's going to be in that. It's a lot of the symphony players. There's a lot of St. Louis symphony players in there and um, some people from the area. It's, it's all run like a machine. There's these volunteers, man, first thing in the morning, there's all these people that are, you know, a lot of them are senior citizens that are just followers of Susan Slaughter. And they're there decorating the place, the tree goes up, you know, and all the stuff, and then the chairs get hauled in. And at the end, there's a whole crew and it gets hauled right back out. It's pretty amazing. That's super cool. So it's pretty funny, like at IWBC, I didn't think about it at the time. So I was there with one of my friends from undergrad 
and like you know that was back when you were still at UCF when we were down there we were at USF with Jay and so you, you know we those two studios interacted constantly we were always hanging out together so we were like used to you know the Gale that is Gale Robertson like we were used to like that situation and that he and I are just hanging out at IWBC and like you're in Monarch you're in Athena you're having pieces premiered and all this sort of thing and like we're just not we don't think anything of it and then one of my students who was there was like oh yeah gail robertson's doing so much stuff at this conference i was like when we were all like oh yeah i guess she is because it's just who you are and what you do <laughs> well um, you know i so, love collaborating with jay hansberger we always did stuff together you know we invited all the universities from the state of florida to come to our events and of course jay and i always did it but well, I think it was when you, I, I, I think it was you, Stacy, Jay, and I think it was maybe Matt Trotman. Oh, yeah, we did that quartet. Yeah, we, you were calling it the Symbiosis Quartet for that particular. Yeah. But that was the first time I had ever seen professionals in rehearsal in any capacity whatsoever. Like, So the first like you've, professional euphonium player I ever saw in person was actually Gail. Oh, really? Um, How cool. Mm -hmm. You know, that was that that was that performance where we actually did a demonstration for the players with the bells out and the bells back. And y'all, you could hear what the big difference was. Because, you know, one of the big problems with To Be Funny Quartet is people just don't set up right. You know, they'll have this person who can't play soft on the end chair. It's like, hide them in the back, you know, or there's someone who can't play loud and they're buried. So I think it's, it's very successful. You know, I think having the bells the right way and the right people in the right place is very helpful. Well, I think in terms of the chamber list for the FBA solo and ensemble list, I think you're like half of it. Oh, really? <laughs> so I haven't looked at that lately. When I first got my hands on that FBA list, there was four to be phoneme quartets on the entire list. And then most of the solo rep was being picked from the trombone rep. There was no euphonium pieces on there. So I found out who the person was in charge and submitted a whole bunch of it. Now, since I've been out of town, I don't know kind of what's going on on that list. I mean, I do come down every year and I judge so an ensemble. I'm the state judge still. But I have, you know, I don't know what's on the list and what's not. I think Liberty Bell and Amazing Grace were on there at some point. I think you have yeah. a Washington Post as well, I think, something mm -hmm. like that, maybe. Uh, yeah. I, today was a fun adventure because I have, I, for the first time ever, and I've been teaching privately now in the Hillsborough County area for 10 years now. Uh, I finally have two, two different groups of four students, but two separate students who want to do euphonium duets. And I was like, that's cool. Let me see what's on the list. Thinking probably there's something by Gail Robertson on there. Uh, there's no euphonium even in the drop down menu for duets. Oh, we need to change that then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That was a I yeah. that was gonna be a not a show topic. I was just gonna complain about that and because I knew you knew who to talk to probably about that. But yeah. it does lead into the arranging stuff. Like you write for a lot of stuff. I, I mean, a lot of your career with in, in Disney was like arranging as well as playing and all that sort of a thing. Like, but nowadays with the brass band and all sorts of stuff, is it a inspiration comes first or just need thing or little column a column b how's that work how does getting into the arranging game happen for you well you know i think my first very first 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 arrangement i can think of is when i was a I guess it was like right before my senior year in high school and i was at the canon music camp somehow or another i missed that curfew and so i got in trouble and i couldn't go on the trip the next day and i had to stay in the room it was i didn't wasn't doing anything wrong but i missed that and i remember i just did two-part harmony to um, Earth, Wind and Fire's Let's Groove, you know, and I remember writing that on paper and then it got to where when I was in the stands, when I was an undergraduate and even when I was a, a master, an undergraduate and a high school student, I was writing out stuff in the stands and we'd read like little kind of like 
tidbits of things. Got the job at Disney. Actually, when I went to IU with Harvey Phillips, because, you know, there wasn't a two euphonium quartet for my undergraduate. I was often the only euphonium player, maybe one of two briefly. So we didn't have a quartet of any sort or ensemble or anything with tubas and euphoniums. But when I went to IU, that was like a big playground. You know, Harvey had that big group. And so I did some arrangements there. And then I don't know, you know, then the Disney thing happened and that was a big, that's a huge playground there. I could write for Willie Clark because he has fast fingers. I could write for Pat Glenn because he has wonderful bass lines. You know, it was, it was where you start writing those custom charts. Makes me think of the charts that were for um, like the, uh, like the Rich Madison's, you know, the tuba jazz, how the part would say Rich and the other one would say Harvey. It had their names on it. So I was very much in that mindset of writing for people. Um, you know, that was the easy automatic, wrote a lot of charts for that. When that went down the, you know, the tubes, when we got laid off from Disney, it became sort of a big hole. It was a big void for me. I didn't have people to write for. So then I formed that group with Stacey Baker, wrote a lot of duos, you know, a lot of different things like that. Now it's, it's more inspiration if I want to write for somebody. Uh, you know, I, I've written some pieces lately that were for different people for whatever reasons. My students have tagged in on, you know, well, you, can you play on my recital where you write something for us? So I've done that. Um, I, I did write something recently for a brass quintet call for scores. I thought, well, I'll just throw something in there. But, you know, I, writing is my biggest, that's an escape. I think that's like, I don't write all the time and I kind of save it for when I want to do it. Like in the middle now of writing, a piece for one of my uh, colleagues, my students, who's um, he's older than me. He's, his name is Greg Lindstrom, and he's come back to school to kind of fulfill, you know, some lessons and things. And he's a computer guy by day. So I decided I was going to write a piece for him called The Code Cracker, because cracking codes. I mean, he really does like writes these big programs. So I was when I was on the brass band about a Greek trip, I was trying to come up with my code of notes. And I, I, I it's funny, on my phone, I was like texting myself, like the, the number, like some numbers or whatever it is, I'll have to show you. It's like, I'm, I'm such a goofball. I'll think of something and I'm like, oh, I got to send that to me. I'm probably going to forget it. You know, so like, here's like the, some sequences of notes. Oh, I totally and, do that. <laughs> and, you know, have, but the question is, have you ever done this? So, so I was doing, uh, I was doing that. And then, I don't know, I finally came up with this code I wanted to use, but I, you know, and I wrote it out and then I'm looking, I'm going, oh my gosh, it's only two notes away from being a 12 tone row, which would be super scholarly, scholarly for me, the theme park musician. But yeah, I came up with a, you know, this, it's like the coolest 12 tone row ever. And he has no idea. Here's, have you ever done this? I was, it was nighttime and I wanted, I had some lick in my head and I didn't want to get up. So I took a picture of like the, the dark room and then took my finger and was right on. <laughs> Oh my gosh, this is like genius. I'm totally stealing that idea. So people yeah. who, are, who are listening, so she yeah. has a black screen that she's gone in with like the drawing part of the photo app and she's drawn in her ideas and saved it as a photo. This is, this is like, this is a totally. idea. But the weird thing is I do that, you know, I have an idea and I used to, like, there's probably a bunch of them on there that's like me going da 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 da, whatever, singing something in the thing. I never use them. I really don't. And I'm like, and I've learned over like, I would say in the past, past six months, I'm like, just let it go. There'll be another idea. But with this code thing, I was like, oh, it was kind of neat. And so I, uh, I ended up um, finish it. I was just sitting at the music stand actually with Demodera's and I was like thinking around. And so I wrote, it's on the bottom of the, uh, of the, you know, the music, like the set order, whatever it was. And it's really neat. I should play it for you. Want to hear it? Here's how it goes. Hang on. Anybody got any jokes? <laughs> <laughs> Greg doesn't know I'm going to do all this to it, but 
<laughs> so I had to write back in circle and say, please, please put these back, you know, and I don't I mean, I don't know. I don't want to be a jerk because I'm excited they want to publish it, but I don't know. It's not exactly the Athena Brass Band version is a little different than what's going to be published because they've changed things around a little bit. I think Flugelhorn part got cut down or so, I don't know. And they were take, they added some things in the soprano that I said, please take that out. It's not till the second time, but so it's different when you have that. I've never had anyone take something of mine and change it where I sent it to Brian Doherty and he's just like, bling, you know, and it just shows up. So it's a process, you know, when he did send it to me for the proof over it, it was like the worst time for me. So it was probably a week or so before I could get to it. And he said, we missed the October deadline. So now it's January, a year later. <sighs> and I could have sold probably a dozen copies of it at least and you know it's just from word of mouth with people so hopefully it'll be soon oh yeah you i mean they the band cut off and i looked over at my you know my friend who was there and i was like we're buying it <laughs> we're, like, we're, we're buying it well, well we know i mean that, also you like, know how that waiting for it yeah well you know how that piece started was um when covid hit there was um we did that regional uh no we did the virtual tubiphonium ensemble whatever it was that you had to send parts in and we had scott sutherland put together and I said, well, I'll write something for it. So that's where that fanfare and the person that's where fanfare and uh, persistence March came from. And um, and then I whenever Brass Band about a creek, I was I wrote it and I was telling them the the Gray brothers that I wrote it for their uncle, who was, you know, wasn't a big inspiration for me. And I felt like the persistence was coming back from COVID and coming back together. And they said, Well, you should score that for Brass Band. And which I'm like, okay, all right. So I added a bunch of stuff. I, you know, I added way more colors that you could do with just who was Newtoniums. And I had written the percussion parts in the beginning just to be a play along track. So it'd be easy for people to sync up. And then Danielle, Danielle Moreau, I believe was the one that said she would record all those individual parts. And so she did that for that virtual long line thing. And so then the next thing it was like, crap, I had to go back and figure, because I created them based by sounds so just be a play along. I had to go back now and go, no, what was this? This was the triangle and this was the, so, you know, and it's, it's yeah. tricky. And then I didn't write it necessarily for the brass band instrumentation, which sometimes might be three players. So we've had to consolidate some things. So I think that's taken a little time too with right round. Well, we just get excited. We're, it's, it's the mission of the Tampa brass band in a lot of ways. Like we have a composer in residence now. And like one of the rules of that is that it has to be a Floridian in some way, shape or form. And when I heard that, it's like, well, one, it's not very often that you get a really good march that's not like a standard Whit Friday or something like that that's going to like beat everybody down. I like that it traded like not everybody. It wasn't like the first cornets were just getting punched the entire time. And then, you know, third was just hanging out, you know, but also like it's, it's rare that that happens. It's rare that we get a new good march like that. And then for us, it's very rare that we get a Floridian writing this, you know, or somebody who has Florida ties and something like that. So that instantly was like, oh, it's, and it's good. Okay, done. We're buying it. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for your compliments. You know, it, it is tricky to find women composed pieces for brass band. Um, and especially, like you said, if you're looking for someone who's Floridian, but so, yeah, I think that there's, there's definitely more room for that. I've written a lot of brass band pieces through the years, but they just kind of live on my laptop. So I guess I should get those out and send them off. So we'll see mostly arrangements and stuff like that i think what i've done has been arrangements i think that was my first brass band composition so i wonder how many uh brass band pieces have just died on laptops <laughs> well i mean you know like i have a whole entire book of the two before stuff from disney that i've kind of kept hostage all those years because i just felt like it kind of kept those charts kept our 
kept us more special because everybody wasn't still playing it. I think back in the day that in Canadian brass, like a lot of their music wasn't available until after they had toured with it and then it was available. So I don't know, I need to get, it needs to be out of hostage, but a lot of it is not public domain. You know, I think I need to really become good friends with someone, Hal Leonard, to see if they could have, you know, backdoor pass for that because, um, I mean, there's a lot of great charts that were done. There was there was hopes of doing the colors of the wind from um, from what is that Pocahontas back in the day? You know, Mike David Miles was with To Be Fun and Press, and he got real close. I remember getting back and forth. I had to put my name smaller, and Alan Menken's name had to be bigger, and just a few things, and then boom, it just kind of dried up. So that was, it's, I, you know, I don't know. I just I've never written for the money. I guess you could say it's always just been writing for my friends and people. I I enjoy writing for. Do you have anything else on the so, pipeline? Like anything you're working on brass band oriented? Um, no, I'm going to probably do some stuff for the, the holiday brass. I, you know, I noticed that some of their charts there could have a little love and I offered to do some stuff. And, you know, a lot of times when people have been running something, they kind of get into a routine and a groove in their trust. So it's hard to get people to let somebody on the outside in. So I, I think I persuaded Ginger Turner to let me do uh, the Bugler's Holiday for the next for her concert there and um, something else I wanted to do. I told her, let me do those two pieces. I mean, I have a two B funny quartet version of Bugler's Holiday where we played all the cornet parts and the accompaniment. So I think that would be super easy to do for brass band <laughs> if I was able to. And I, we have, I mean, yeah, I covered the whole thing, but that's not published either, you know. So I need to pull those things out. That would be yeah. super fun to play. It is a really fun chart. And I, you know, I don't even know if that's on finale. That's been such a long time ago. That might be manuscript. I have to find, I have to do the finale drinking game with Willie Clark. We took some, when finale, we, when I, cause a lot of it was done on staff paper. I mean, I had some marching band paper that was, you know, the, the I like the March style or our landscape style. Cause it could go in the flip books. Mm -hmm. This has got to be too small. So yeah, because when we had subs, you had to have that. But yeah, I remember doing all that stuff by hand. And then I had a lot of things I wanted to put on the computer. So Willie Clark came over. We played with me out at Disney. He's in the uh, Air Force ceremonial band. Uh, he came over and we had, was before I was allergic to drinking. I can't even drink alcohol now. And we would, one of us had the keyboard and one of us was pressing the number on the, on the, uh, the laptop. So like the five for the quarter note. So he, I think he was doing the letter F and I do five. It was click, 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 click. And it's so messed up, I had a drink. No kidding. We put a lot of music in finale that way because the two people you know, doing that. Of, that's how a lot of work in the brass world, especially in the bass clef brass world. That's how a lot of work gets done. If you turn into a break, <laughs> Happy hour. Game, we could probably cure cancer. <laughs> Whoever messed up, yeah. True, yeah. Now did I can't you, drink um, anymore. When you were with BBCF, did you arrange anything for them at that time? Yeah. Had you oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, there, you know, I've done... Bennett's Triumphal, which lives in my laptop. You know, I scored that march for the brass band. Um, I did the Enduring and Charms that was, I think I've soloed, featured on that, that kind of takes some of the beauty from the Hunsberger one towards the beginning. It's a great, you know, I fixed it. You know, I fixed that up. Um, I don't know, some trios I did. Um, I don't know, it's a lot. Demelza, I think I did a Demelza version. It was for a little smaller version, which is that tenor horn feature. Um, I don't know, there's so I'd have to look. It's Wait, so was it, while. was it confusing, genuine, was it confusing being in BBBC and BBCF at the same time? Yes, and I teach now <laughs> at UCA and not UCF. Oh, when yeah, my, I didn't even think when, about that. When my boss, letter. 
Well, when my boss called me to tell me that they had, um, that I had won the job, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm going to work full time. I said, Central Florida. I said, oh my God, don't forgive me for that. You know, I said that on accident, said Central Arkansas. Yeah, I don't think I've said that wrong in a while, but I have I have to catch myself because UCF was my undergraduate and I taught there for, you know, about 10 years as an adjunct. So yeah, Brass Band and Battle Creek and Brass Band at Central Florida, that is a hot mess too. And you're about to found the Brass Band of Central Arkansas as well, right? You know, they've got the Natural State Band here and then there's one, I think it's called Music Works. You know, our, Yeah, they were our, at NABA this year. Yeah, our university could have a brass band if we had more trumpet and horn people. Right now there's plenty. I need it for my studio. I mean, I've got 25, 26 people in my 2B phoneme studio here. And uh, we need, we could, you could use any, uh, an ensemble but I, you know, I don't know. There's not enough of the, uh, not all the trumpets and horns are represented here yet. We need more of that. I could totally do all the tubas and euphoniums. Probably could cover the tenor horn players too, because, you know, I subbed one time in the, um, what band was that? It was that band out of Michigan. Um, it's, oh crap, I can't remember where that, that band is, but I played tenor horn in there. And it was really fun because some people didn't know who I was. I was a doctoral student at Michigan State. And my friends, Kay and Tom, asked me if I would sub on that second tenor horn part, which is always the scrub, right? And so I went, I remember going in there and they had us introduce herself. And I just really basic just said that I was Gail Roberts and I was a DMA student at, at you know, Michigan State. And I didn't say anything about brass band about a creek or any things I'd done. My friends are like, you idiot, why didn't you tell them, you know? And I'm like, no. So people, it was interesting. I'm not saying anything about people in that band. I haven't said what the, the name of the band is, but they didn't treat me that I felt like I was treated a lot less because I was just the second tenor horn lady. And then we started playing. It was all my favorite music. It was like, that John Williams music. There was James Bond. There was, which I'm a James Bond nutball. All that stuff was in there and it had really good tenor horns. And I'm wailing on that second tenor horn part. And people started kind of looking over and it was like a couple rehearsals later when people started schmoozing. I ain't buying that. They were so, it was like they didn't have any interest in me when I was the second tenor horn player. So I, I, I feel for those people. And that's why I write something good for the second tenor horn player and down the back rows of cornets. Because I was mistreated. <laughs> it was really interesting to see that because really when they did figure it out, the schmoozing that happened was kind of funny. And I just thought, no, you didn't care when I was just the tenor horn lady. Forget you. <laughs> I had I had an experience with uh with a brass band um that I subbed with and uh as we were going you know up the staircase to the backstage area um I was I well I was going to be the only woman on stage that day and somebody in front of me said to the other guy who was in front of me um you know he, he just invited her to, to, so that, you know, there would be a woman on stage influence the, <gasps> the gender ratio. And the person who was directly in front of me knows me. Um, and he was like, no, no, she was invited because she can do the job. Um, cause it was sight reading a show on stage. So, you know, um, <laughs> I was like already nervous. I was like, oh man, this is, this is going to be great. <laughs> Um, but then I went out there and, and sight read the show and then somebody was like, Oh, you're a great sight reader. And I was like, thanks. And I just thought, I don't, like, I, like, what did you, I, anyway, anyway, but that was, that was an experience. Um, well, you know, there's the, the band. 
name. There's on. always that. There's always that um, minority kind of a thing that uh, happens with us often. I mean, I was one of the only women in the break room for a long time at Disney, and then for a while there was a saxophone group that shared with us. I had a woman in it. You know, and there was, um, but you know, it, it's 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 often that you know, and people ask me, you know, what's it like being a minority? And I've been a minority in a few ways. When I taught at Bethune Cookman University, I was one of the only Caucasian people you would see all day at that school, and I loved it. You know, my students when you when you went to Bethune Cookman, you didn't know who the teacher was. You just were going to be a wildcat, you know. So they didn't know who I was. They'd walk in there, and some of the students. I mean, if I were to blindfold myself and you were to have students from the different places I've been. It'd be hard now because my all so many people do like me, but for a long time those kids from Bethune Cookman would have given the warmest embrace hug because they they learned from me and you know I was a role model in a different way for them, and uh, but you know being a minority is sometimes an advantage, sometimes it bites. Right, it was it was I'm I'm glad that I had the the self esteem that I that I have to be able to think to myself, well that guy's an idiot. <laughs> I can totally do this, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I think sometimes about if I didn't have that internalized self-esteem and confidence that I could read that show, you know, it would have been even worse because it was still kind of like a pit in my stomach moment, you yeah. know? Yeah. It's like, why would you want to have to say that? Did they mark up the euphonium part that you were subbing on really well with cuts? <laughs> they it was it was honestly it was a straight down show there weren't anything there wasn't much um that was all that complicated very poppy type show and uh you know it was very straight very straightforward it was also Christmas music so a lot of it was was you know I already I had already played before yeah um but yeah so I mean after after the show of course everyone was was nice to me but I was like hey <laughs> I don't <laughs> I remember exactly. I remember when I was just the scrub second tenor horn. You know, I subbed. <laughs> I subbed when uh, when the uh, brass band, um, River City Brass Band, would come through Florida. It seemed like they always were needing someone on baritone books or something, and I subbed with them a few times. And whoever was in that position, which I don't know who it was, never wrote in the music very clearly what was going on. And I would felt like, well, if there's one way to make sure for job security. Make sure you don't mark in your book so the next person just folds. But me, I'm I'm super savvy. I adapted to it. I had to memorize that thing, thing, and go up to the microphone. Pick a little, talk a little, pick a little, talk a little, cheep, 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 pick a little, pick a little, some pick a little, talk a little mess. I hate singing. Pick a little, talk a little, something really high, you know. But you know, you it was a different band. I think I think James Gurley running that band probably in a different way. But yeah, man, they didn't write anything in that dang book. Cuts and whatever it was, and so you're like kind of scrant looking at the other person's part to see the cuts because it wasn't in yours. Mm -hmm. Oh but, man, that's right. And that's a sight reading too because you know there was not a rehearsal specifically because of you. Right. Right. Exactly. So. Well, Gail, we have enough that we can give give you your time back now. <laughs> well, I'm in no hurry, y'all. Stay as long as y'all want. Do you want to? in a hurry. <laughs> I I have a few more minutes. Do you want to do a question? I have a theory student, but I don't need 15 minutes to prep for for that. So, Wait, so what are you teaching in theory? What am I teaching in theory? Yeah, some Shinkarian analysis. Um, we're not that, row. we're not yeah. really that far. <laughs> we got a great example um, of a twelve tone row on 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 uh on the show if you want me to send it your way. 
for this for this lesson, we're just uh, we're working on identifying inversions on seventh chords. So I don't need 15 minutes to prep for that. <laughs> well, uh, here's the thing, y'all, everybody. Uh, and this is the audience I'm talking, I'm speaking to. Oh, I was going to submit questions because I can only come up with so many. And I've been listening to juries today <laughs> since like 830 in the morning. So I am so fried that, that, that those aren't going to come out of my brain. Um, not much does anyway. So it, it, we're fine. Um, but I do want to, I do want to compliment it, Gail. Um, she probably doesn't know this and I just want to put this out there publicly. So when I came back to Florida after James Madison University, um, that was shortly after you had left in um, the state. And, you know, at, at about six weeks later or so, I'm now sitting principal of the Florida Wind Band and sitting solo with BBCF. And then I just like, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, these are Gail's chairs. Like I'm here, but these are Gail's chairs. And like, it, like there's a, there's that like saying going, especially like the youths have right now, uh, where they say like, somebody walked so I could run. And that's 100%. Like, I don't think I, my career would exist if you didn't pave the way for euphonium players in the state of Florida. Genuinely. That's awesome. Aww. Um, and I will that's say, in, cool. in terms of like female representation of euphonium players, especially in the state of Florida, I'm the only male in my section, in my, in my brass band. Um, right. And my entire, I have one male in my euphonium studio at the University of Tampa. Everybody else is female, and they all look up to you and know who you are and all that sort of a thing. So, oh wow, that's um, wild! Oh, I know what story we can we can lead out with. Oh, go for it. The last oh, time, know. the last time I saw Gail Robertson was uh, at IWBC at the bar after Athena played, and Laura Leinberger said, "Amy." come with me. I, I, I want to, I want to sit over here. And I was like, okay. She like, she grabbed me by the arm. And then she, she led me to the chair next to you. And she sat down for a second and she said, she said, Gail, Amy fangirls you. And then she giggled and then she ran she away. She did say that and ran away. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> and then you didn't know what it meant. So you turned to me and you go, what does fangirl mean? And I'm like, oh my, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to get Laura Lionberger for that. We'll have to we'll have to collaborate to get back at her for that one. <laughs> well, you know, you don't know what you do, but you know, you know, I have to just hope that I have to hope that who was ahead of me didn't do something wrong because I've seen where like the worst interview that any of us can be is of each other. Like if someone is in a group and then they're a jerk and they're like, we're never having a euphonium player again or whatever. We'll never have women in the band because all they do is complain. You've got to hope that someone ahead of you did that, but it's nice to see. I didn't realize you played in Florida Wind Band or you or in the Brass Band in Central Florida. Yeah, I had I had the I was in the Florida Wind Band. We had a concert on Saturday. I've been I, principal I actually, of that for the past. I, actually, I liked that group. That was a good group. You know, I remember that's the only time I ever got to play when Jesus Wept was with that band, and we did we did something else that was really cool. One of those. Um, oh, I can't. He liked playing the. Oh, I can't think of the pieces. I'm not going to waste your time. But the <laughs> and it, really you know cool it's now. a little bit different now that John you know John retired and moved back up with family and all that. But I mean Matt is doing a phenomenal job. It's very much in the spirit of what John was doing, just less rehearsals. <laughs> no, that, <laughs> just, was, that was a fun. That was a fun group. It is. It's a, it's a phenomenal group. My wife actually runs like the administrative side of things of it, and um, oh. it's very close to home. We I I have a lot of cookies right now in my kitchen from the the hang afterwards everybody brought cookies for some reason and we have a bunch what else do you have you have so i know 
I know the only thing I'm aware of that you're, you've got coming up. I know you're doing IET in the summer, right? You got uh, you're an artist on yeah, that. Yeah, I'm going to be at that for a little while. I teach at the American Win the American Band College. It's a rotation, I believe, like a three year rotation because that online masters that they do. So I, that this summer is my summer there up in Ashland, Oregon. Um, I'm on the, I do the, uh, Amy and I both teach at the brass chamber workshop, which is cool, but we never see each other. We never see each other. Yeah. But, um, that I'll probably we'll do just that one week and I do the other. <laughs> yeah. It'll probably, we'll do that again. If, if it works in the schedule. Um, of course I, I tech, I sent my proposal in last night for, um, a couple things. I was hoping to do a reading ensemble that would be of new music in the morning instead of just a reading ensemble to get do a call for scores for composers. So I'm hoping if there's you know any new pieces that would work for big ensemble that we need to do that. And of course I like playing on the night jazz jam. So I hope to do that again too. That's fun. You know, so yeah, there's a not a whole lot. I think there's a, a it's a busy summer because of this here and this here and this here. And so I don't know, I, I'm the past two years, I've been kind of camping and going out of town. We went up to Montana two years ago and we're gone like eight or nine weeks. We went all up in Wyoming and all that. Last year we went upper peninsula of Michigan and came down. This year, I don't know what I'm gonna do because Arizona is early and then ugh, it's gonna, I don't know what's gonna happen. I may not be going on a long camping trip. Well, if you wanna come down to Hillsborough County, you well, let I'm, me know. I'm, I'm gonna be down there, I'm, I'm going to Florida on Thursday. You got to come over to my tube of Christmas in Orlando. Oh it's yeah, actually, like this Thursday. When's the Saturday? When's the tuba? Saturday. Saturday. I can make that work. Genuinely, yeah, come I can to make that. that yeah, we 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 have uh, we have I hire a drummer and we have a whole we have the regular green book with all the breaking of the rules of music theory and then we have our another book that's got a bunch of charts I've done with um, Chris Sharp through the years and you know you sign that book out and then we pat we collect it we don't you know it's not for sale or anything but we do that and. Mike Rossi sometimes is a conductor. I'm not sure if he's going to be there this year or not because his football team kept winning. So, but uh, yeah, no, I've had, I have that. And I'm always down in Florida at least once for that. And then another part of the year for the state. So on ensemble judge. Yeah. What county do you normally judge? Do you know? Um, I do state. So I'm, I'm, it's all the, it's from all the. Yeah. Like well, the they, they district it out now. So it's like yeah, it just Orange depends. County is like the middle of Florida, I think. Yeah, this last time I think I think I was in um, I was over in Cocoa Beach area or something, you know, which that makes is, which is Central Park. But so well, yeah, I'll obviously be there. you've got a lot going on and you're super busy. Thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us and chatting. Busy is good. That's stuff. what I have to say. Busy is <laughs> busy good. Busy is good. If you are not busy and if if I'm not busy, I am not happy. So <laughs> thank you again. Thank you for having me here. It's great to be with uh, Amy, my fangirl here, yeah. and, and, and be with Aaron, my fanboy. <laughs> now y'all are making me feel old. <laughs>